Raymond Dunn Jr. was born in New York in 1975 and had a skull fracture, a severe oxygen deprivation causing extreme retardation. He suffered up to 20 seizures a day, was blind, mute, and unable to move any part of his body. Tragic. He had allergies to everything except one kind of food, a meat-based product only made by the Gerber Food Company. In 1985, the Gerber Foods stopped making this product. So in a panic, the mother traveled throughout the United States, buying up all the formula that she could find. I think we see a great example of a mother's love. And we do honor all mothers today on this wonderful Mother's Day. They know how to sacrifice. In 1990, however, her supply ran out. So knowing now that her son was going to die, she appealed to Gerber Food Company on compassionate grounds to start making this food so her son could live. In an unprecedented move, the employees volunteered hundreds of hours above their normal work shifts and brought out old equipment used to make the food that, they, that she needed. They set up a production line, got all the necessary ingredients, and just to start making the food again for just one boy, and they did it for no profit and no personal reward. 1995, Raymond Dunn Jr., known as a Gerber boy, died. However, through his life, he was responsible for seeing a revival in the United States, a revival of compassion. The story of his death was put in most newspapers, and the nation mourned along with his mother. The dictionary defines compassion as an intense feeling of wanting to help someone who is sick, hungry, or in trouble. Compassion is one of the most powerful forces in our lives. And when we have it, it's going to move us to incredible action, which requires often at great sacrifice, but you won't feel the sacrifice because this compassion has taken over. It's an amazing thing. Come with me to Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. And we read here of the compassion of Jesus and how it actually worked in his life. Matthew chapter 9, 36 to 38. I want to welcome in all our worldwide viewers today. Thank you for tuning in to Running With Fire this morning. I trust that you'll be blessed by this message. And I believe it can change your life if you really capture the heart of what we're sharing with you this morning. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. There's that word, isn't it? For them, because they were weary, scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. In other words, the harvest is ready. People are ready to be saved, but workers, there's the problem. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus was moved with immense compassion for lost people in a lost world. And out of that compassion, he would leave his throne in glory. He would leave heaven and he would come to the sixth world and he would be crucified on an old rugged cross. 
as He would give His life for your salvation and mine. Moved with compassion, Jesus made the greatest sacrifice this planet will ever know. And one of the greatest blessings that you and I could ever receive in life is when God gives us a compassion and a heart for lost people and for a broken world and the needs of the gospel across this globe. Because when we get that compassion in our hearts, friends, listen carefully, we connect with the very heart of God. And when you join with the very heart of God, then all the resources of heaven, the the power, the encounters, the, the, the blessing begins to come upon us. Because we have linked and and yoked ourselves with God himself and with his greatest passion and his greatest cause and his greatest purpose. Everything in our lives change. And friends, when we truly get that depth of compassion for a lost world, we'll become like those Gerber employees who volunteered hundreds of hours above their normal work to make food for just one boy for no profit and no personal rewards. And when we're gripped with this compassion of reaching our lost world, friends, we also will give out of compassion those extra hours, hundreds of hours, or whatever it might take. We'll do whatever is necessary for this even greater cause of reaching lost people for Jesus Christ. You see, friends, compassion changes everything. And you know, even for myself, I, every week, I would probably give at least 10 to 20, maybe more hours voluntary above my normal week in order to help Jesus in this great cause of reaching a lost world for Jesus. And some of you might say, yeah, but you know, that, that's, that's, you know you're, a, you're a pastor and maybe that's what you should do, friends. You see, friends, for me, it's never been a job. It's a calling. It's a destiny. And friends, that calling is the same for every person in this room. We're all called by God to world evangelization. We're all called by God to to reach this world for Jesus Christ and to change our world. And friends, when that compassion truly grips our hearts, everything changes. It's no longer hours clocking in and clocking out, whether it's in work or church or wherever it might be. It's no one telling you what to do. There's this inner compassion in your heart where you sort of say to yourself, I've got to do everything I can to link with my Jesus. He gave his life for this. No sacrifice I make, friends, can be too great when I think of what Jesus has done for me. Friends, your life is a calling. It's not a job. It's not a duty. It's a call from heaven. You know, many Christians lack vision. Amazingly, isn't it? We're part of the greatest cause on the planet, and yet a lot, it's an, you know, it's another day to drag themselves through, go to work, clash with some employers, employees, go home, have a meal. If it's chicken curry, that might lift your day a bit. Then after that, you go to bed. Dead boring. Dead boring. And God's got a much better life in store for you than that. And when you join with the greatest purpose on the planet, 
of reaching a lost world for Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it becomes the most exciting, fulfilling, satisfying, faith-filled, power-empowered life upon the planet. You joy every moment of every day because you know that you're a part of this magnificent call and, and vision to help reach a lost world. And you'll experience a greater open heaven over your life. You'll experience encounters with God because God will do that for you when you join with his heart. One of our staff, Sharon, paid her own way to go to a mission conference with me in Fiji and paid her own accommodation. And the reason, key reason that she went was her passion for her people, the Fijians. And in Fiji, she had this wonderful, life-changing encounter with God, where God put in her hands this level of authority um, in her life that, was, that she's able to express in many different ways. But you see, when you join with the heart of God, and you begin involved with reaching lost people, then God begins to do just tremendous things in our lives. Tremendous encounters and, you know, the presence of God and, and God's provision and blessing in so, so many ways. And, you know, as a great commission church, which we are, God will continue to open the heavens over this place and give us acceleration of expansion, a new era of conquest. Why? Because we're helping him in his greatest heart and passion to reach a lost world for the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, the reality is this, friends, and this is the purpose of my message today, as you listen overseas as well, every person in this auditorium and those listening on TV is called by God as a global minister to help reach a lost world for Jesus Christ. We are all global ministers. You know, you, might, you may have wondered for years, what is my calling? Oh, God, I just seem to be doing very petty little things. I'm not doing much. Friends, let me tell you, you have the biggest calling possible on the planet. You're called to change this world. You're called as a global minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The next time you're traveling overseas and you've got to fill an occupation, please write, global minister. Tell the person next to you, hey, you're a global minister. Nice and loud. Come on, let's do that. I was on TV. You're a global minister. What a massive calling in God. What a humongous calling God has given every person in this auditorium. It is amazing. C.T. Studd said this, some wish to live within the sound of church and chapel bell. I'd rather run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. We've got to break down the walls of the church, friends, and we've got to get out there with this gospel of salvation, this gospel of Jesus Christ. In Fiji, I met with two pastors, Isela and Sami. Isela was saved in this church, had a job, was settling into New Zealand. Then he felt God speak to him and call him to go back to Tavalu, which would require great sacrifice. He had a wife and six kids. And the dream of these people is get to New Zealand. And we're sitting in this room, and he begins to share with me, and tears running down his eyes, tears running down Sammy's eyes. And both of them just said, my people, my people, my people, they're dying, they're lost, they're hopeless, they're going to hell. Moved with compassion, he made the sacrifice and has now taken his family back to Tuvalu, is building a church there, and they have some hundred people um, that, have, uh, that, have, that are in, in their church, and he's doing everything he can 
And God will bless them, friends. God will, you mark my word, God will bless people like that because they're joining the heart of God. I want to share with you three ways in which you can fulfill your calling as a global minister. So you've got your job description, global minister, and now here's the how-tos of actually to fulfill this destiny, this massive calling that God has chosen to place upon your life. It is extraordinary. You know, it says in the Bible in, in, in Mark 16, go into all the world. You all know that verse, don't you? And a lot of us read that verse and we think, oh man, I just don't do that. Hey, I'm going to show you how you can fulfill, every one of us can fulfill that passage of scripture and go into all the world and preach the gospel. So the first thing that you can do and I can do is we can pray. You can help change the world without leaving your home. You can be a world changer without leaving your home. How many of you know prayer is powerful? Prayer changes things. Prayer changes lives. And it says in Psalm 2 verse 8, Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for an inheritance. When you ask for a nation, when you pray for a nation, you're fulfilling your destiny as a global minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't get much more exciting than this. And I'm just trying to stay real calm. When I was in the Philippines 30 years ago, I preached a message on prayer. I heard years later, went, went back year, decades later, and this missionary said, Tuck, I've got to tell you a story. You came to the Philippines, you preached on prayer. There was a lady sitting in that, your meeting, and she had a moment with God. And she now is heads up, intercessors for Christ in the Philippines, and they are seeing a move of God take place across that nation. One woman is changing her world for Jesus Christ. She has recognized... And she has received her calling as a global minister. Friend, if you will receive this call from God on your life personally, not the person next to you, on your life personally today, if you'll receive this call from God that you are a global minister, watch the heavens open over your life. Watch yourself have encounters with God. Watch God pour financial blessing into your life. Watch the power of God begin to follow after you. Through prayer, you can change the world. You know, one day the records of eternity are going to be read out for all of us to hear. And only then will it be known how much is accomplished in this world through prayer. And I believe mothers contribute a lot to global impact. They know how to give birth. And also they know how to give sacrificially. Remember the widow with two mites? I thought about this. She was a widow, so therefore she was married. Most likely she was a mum. Giving, praying. Rick Joyner had this vision, and he saw those seated nearest the throne of God. And you know what surprised him? of how many of those closest to the throne were praying mothers. Wow, we acknowledge all mums again today. They are probably impacting this globe more than any other group of people on the planet. Unknown upon earth. They're not going to be on the billboards. That's where I go. <laughs> Sometimes. There's not room for two, you see. No, no, just joking. All right, just, that's just a joke, okay? But they're not going to be on the billboards, unknown on earth, but well-known in eternity and in heaven. Just amazing. Just amazing. So, fulfill your ministry as a global minister through praying. That's not hard to do. Just in that one thing, you're fulfilling destiny. The second thing you can do is we can go. Go to our family, go to our neighbors. Our workplace, our school, our unity, wherever it is, go to the nation, go to the nations. Wherever lost people are, 
God wants us to go. The more you go, the more you capture the heart of God. I want to encourage everyone here to go on a mission trip. Go overseas or go on one of our mission trips, you know, like to Kaitaia or some of the other venues that are coming on board in, in the, in the not-too-distant future. You know, mission trips, we're going to mobilize and go out there because when you do, you fulfill your calling as a global minister and you begin to change your will for Christ. And it says these signs will follow them as they go. The signs will follow. There's a one-legged man came to Hudson Taylor, the great China inland missionary, and he offered himself to serve in China. Hudson Taylor said to him, with only one leg, why do you think of going as a missionary? And George Scott, the one-legged man, answered, I want to go because I don't see those with two legs going. (laughs) You got two legs? Go. We can pray, we can go. Something else we can also do is we can give. This is probably the easiest one of all. Give to mission, local, national, and global. So if you've got your faith promise form, please, would you begin to fill it out right now, okay, because we're going to collect these at the end of the service, which is not too far away. Let's go to Philippians 4 and verse 19, and we read these, this verse that we just love so much. And my God shall supply all my need, all your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How many of you love that verse? I wonder how many of you have claimed it. Actually, not many of you like that verse. That's good, because some of us probably shouldn't. Because one of the most loved verses, the question is, who is this promise given to? Is it for every believer, every church? Philippians 4, verse 15, says this. This is the context. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but only The Philippians were the only ones that gave generously to world mission. And to them, the Bible says, now my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. We can't really claim that verse if we're not givers to mission and engaging in that area that God would have us all involved in. It's a promise to those who give to mission. Because when you give to God and when you give to mission, God always takes care of us. He always provides for us. He always looks after us. Abraham gave his son, and we know God provided. He became a father of multitudes. Hannah gave her only son, and God provided four sons and two daughters. The widow Zarephath gave her last meal, and God provided for her for many years. Can you see this giving and the reciprocal result? Simon Peter gave his boat, and and God gave him a, a great catch of fish. The little boy gave his his lunch and God provided food for the multitudes. And the Philippians gave to missions and God provided for all their needs according to his riches in glory. Friends, giving to mission is a (laughs) no-brainer. It's just an obvious thing to do because we all want God to provide all our needs. One pastor said in tough times that hundreds of people, hundreds of men would come to his office for financial help, times of depression and difficulty. He said they'd always ask the same question. When you had money, did you give what you owed to God? Did you pay your tithes? Were you generous in your giving? He said of those hundreds of men who came, never once would one of those men be able to say, yes, I gave to God when I should have. You see, because when you've given to God, friends, he does take care of your needs. He provides for you uh, according to his riches in glory. John Wesley said this, that great revivalist, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can for as long as you ever can. 
You are called by God as a global minister to impact and change this world for Jesus Christ. Matthew 6.20, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. I wonder how many of you would love to have treasure in heaven. Do you know that in heaven there are levels? Did you know that? So when you go to heaven, we're not all on the same level. Depending on how we've served God, depending on how we've sacrificed, then we're at different levels. Some will be close, they'll be level third heaven, second heaven, one, you know, it's all these different places. And I've, I've read and people have had visions and noticed that people that they expected to be really high up in heaven were actually relegated right to the outskirts. How you live your life on earth, friends, determines your absolute total eternity. For billions of years, billions of years, is going to be determined of what you do with these 80 or 90 or however many years God gives you on the earth. Scary, isn't it? Scary that this moment, this, this second, determines our billions of years for the future. Wow. What does that say? Serve God today with every ounce of strength, energy, power, ability that you can find, hold nothing back, and give you all for the cause of Christ. It's an exciting response to that. Mm. <laughs> In a Japanese seashore over 100 years ago, there was an earthquake. But it was not unusual for that to happen, so the villages just continued on as per normal. Above the village, on a high plain, a farmer could see like a tsunami starting to form. And he knew there was great danger at stake here. And so this is what he did. He set alight his great crop of rice. Now this crop was worth a fortune, but he sets it alight. And soon the dry stock is blazing. Down in the temple, the bell rings, warning them of fire. And all the village people race up the steep cliff in order to save this crop of rice. They thought the man had lost his mind. Then as they looked to the sea, they could see these waves like a high wall just coming towards the, um, the shore. And they grew in strength and they began to hit the shore. And again and again, they sent a shudder right throughout the earth. Then they saw all their houses ripped to shreds like matchsticks. The rich man was now poor, but through his sacrifice and generosity, he saved 400 lives. But it did cost him. As you commit to give to the evangelization of the world, only God knows how many souls are going to be saved from a fate millions of times worse than physical death. They're going to be saved from eternity in hell and to be forever with the Lord in heaven. When you sacrifice, when you give, you're not going to have to sit on fire your fortune. But friends, whatever you do, sacrifice. And I think we need to think in terms of sacrifice. What it might cost us to partner with God in a, reaching a lost world for Jesus Christ. I wonder how many of you are happy, glad that you're saved. Give me a wave if you're, you're pleased that you're saved. Yeah. yeah, some of you aren't, but it's <laughs> a bit sad, really. But many of you are glad you're saved. Aren't you pleased that somehow someone got the gospel to you? Maybe a Sunday school teacher. Maybe for me it was a, an evangelist guy who got recently saved. He shared the gospel. I'm so glad that, that he did that. Friends, this, this uh, gospel is free. It's not cheap. It costs money. 
to get this message across the entire globe, and there are still billions of people who have not had a chance to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and be saved. And so when we begin to partner with what is breaking the heart of God, you can be sure God is going to pour his blessing and favor upon our lives. When you get to heaven, someone's going to come running up to you and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're going to say, hey, I don't even know you. They're going to say, yes, but you were in Church Unlimited, and you gave to missions, and that money sent a worker into my village, and I got saved. I'm in heaven because of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And people from many nations, you know, words can't express what you're going to feel when people from many, many nations come up to you and say, I'm in heaven because of you. When people from Cambodia and China and India and Brazil and Argentina and Africa and, and Ukraine and Romania and Britain and England and Wales and, and all over the globe, people are going to come, United States and Canada and, and every other country are going to come up to you and say, oh, thank you so, so much. If it wasn't for you giving, I probably would not have got to heaven. Imagine how you will feel at that moment. And think about how much Jesus is going to thank you. And thank you for joining with him and seeing these people come to Christ and to come to salvation because of your partnering with him in the evangelization of the world. You are a global minister. My prayer is through this message that you will capture that in your spirit. Because if you do, you're no longer going to a job tomorrow. You're no longer just a mum or a dad or a uni student. You're now a global minister. Everything will change in your life if you get that revelation from here into your spirit. It's no longer a job, it's a calling. It's no longer a task, it's a destiny. It's no longer hours, it's your life. And friends, you will come into a sense of fulfillment, joy, satisfaction like I have that is beyond description. You cannot put it into words. And so unashamedly, I encourage you to give every dollar that you possibly can to the greatest cause on the planet, the evangelization of a lost world. Unashamedly, I encourage you to spare nothing, hold nothing back, give for the nations, give for the harvest, Give to Jesus. Give to the greatest enterprise on this planet. Jesus, for this cause, gave his very life. Put up his hand. You see, leaders lead by example. He put up his hand and said, okay, for this cause, I give up my throne. I give up absolutely everything. I hold nothing back. In fact, I even shed all my blood. I pour out my entire life for this great cause. And I think he looks at you and me and he says, now, okay, that's my example. Now, what will you do for this same incredible cause? Friends, as I just wrap this up, there's no greater purpose you can live for. There's no greater cause you can give to. You can give to your kids, great. Give on Mother's Day, great. Father's Day, great. Give on birthdays, give at Christmas. Give to the needy, give to the poor. Great, fantastic, do it, keep doing it that will never compare to giving to the cause of mission and reaching a lost world and lost people for Jesus Christ. James Allen said, he would accomplish little, must sacrifice little. He would achieve much, must sacrifice much. He would attain highly, 
must sacrifice greatly. Great achievement is usually born out of great sacrifice. Today is a wonderful opportunity to fulfill your calling as a global minister, to have global impact and change the world for Jesus Christ. Amen.